Hello everyone, I'm Aaron Pollock. This is episode three of Cold Wave Soundcheck, a show dedicated to the performers of Chicago's premier two-day industrial music festival, Cold Waves 4, taking place September 25th and 26th at Metro, with a kickoff concert September 24th at Double Door. You can check the show notes for links detailing the full rundown of bands performing. On previous episodes, we talked to Tristan Schoen from Author and Punisher and Matt Schultz from Lab Report. This week, we talked to Sanford Parker. This is Two From The Eye.
grew up in Florida, uh, you know, which I lived there until 98. And all through, like, the 80s and 90s, you know, White Stripes was, like, my jam. You know, pretty much anything that was coming out of Chicago at the time, including uh, Big Black and Jesus Wizard and even, like, the Touch and Go stuff, the Thrill Jockey stuff. You know, all that, all those bands were, like, a huge influence on me. So, you know, when I finished school, I was like, well, I got to get the hell out of Florida. So Chicago was looking pretty good, you know, just from the history of uh, of all the music here. So in 98, I moved up here and, you know, basically been here ever since. Even though Two From the Eye is a new project, you've done a lot of other projects in your history. So maybe if people don't know Two From the Eye, maybe they know you from some of the other stuff. Yeah, most people would be familiar with uh, the work I've done in uh, a band called Minsk, kind of like a post-metal, psychedelic, um, like kind of down-tempo type of stuff. When I was actually in the band, we did three records on Relapse, and they just released a a new record this year that I actually didn't play on other than a couple of synth stuff, but I did produce it and record it. Another project that I've been more recently involved with is uh, a band called Corrections House, which um, also features uh, Bruce Lamont from uh, Yakuza and Bloodiest and Scott Kelly from The Roses and Mike Williams from I God. That's more kind of where Two From The Eye morphed out of, you know, like Corrections House is very kind of industrial rhythm heavy uh, band with guitar and saxophone and crazy vocals. It's a very odd <laughs> collaboration of, like, you know, people. Um, we just finished up an album that'll be out uh, in the fall on Neurod. Just kind of waiting for that to come out, and then, you know, we're going to book some shows around that. Also kind of uh, involved with Noxitium for a few albums, which is kind of like a black metal thing, but that sort of fell apart. Um, Mirrors for Psychic Warfare, is that is that another one that you have with Scott Kelly? Well... That's kind of like how Two From The Eye actually came about. Scott wanted to start this project, and originally it was supposed to be, it was just like him doing a solo thing. It's a little more involved, like he was wanting to add more electronics and make it heavier than what his uh, his normal uh, solo stuff is, which is more acoustic-based. He had booked this tour in Europe in February. Kind of last minute, he asked me to, to be involved and to help him reproduce the electronic stuff live. He also offered up, you know, well, maybe I could do like a, a solo set or whatever and uh, to, to kind of open. So that kind of led me to where I'm at now. The two from the eye stuff was, it was literally like me just kind of trying to, uh, you know, put together a set in a matter of weeks uh, to get ready for this tour. And which is kind of funny because that's essentially how Corrections Health started. We had a tour book before we even had a band. And, you know, I, when I did that, I was like, I'll never do this again. But then I ended up turning around and <laughs> doing it again. Yeah. Which is fine. You know? <laughs> Sometimes I need that motivation uh, to actually, you know, give me to... I mean, because I've been wanting to do, like, a solo thing for a while now. And, you know, it's just, I'm just so busy. You know, and sometimes I just need, like, okay, you know, you have to, like, actually do it now and and this is a deadline has to be done by this point right right 
so right now you have the three downloadable tracks on SoundCloud. Is there a release planned for that, for you know, an EP or a full length? Well, uh, as we speak, I'm actually working on the full length. I've been, I'm pretty close. Like I've got, I've got like nine songs done. Uh, I figured six of them, you know, will make a, a nice full length, like around you know, forty something minutes, uh, and then I'll leave me a few others to, I don't know, maybe do an EP or, you know, whatever. I'm basically at the point of just like adding like little things here and there, uh, and just kind of you know play around with it, sit on it for a while, come back to it. You know, right now I'm just kind of like just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know. And so I'm not, you know, I'm still kind of, you know, I'll do something and then come back and be like, nah, I'm not really digging that. Try something else, you know. And uh, But I, I feel like I'm kind of honing in on something now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've been playing gigs, you know, after, after doing that, that European tour and, Done a couple of shows in the states. Playing that stuff live definitely, you know, helps me. I guess road test the stuff, and that helps me to kind of hone in on on what I want as well. So I've just been trying to play as many gigs as I can get on, but uh, also try to focus on getting this uh, the album wrapped up and ready to go. Right. I saw another interview where you were talking about Kuma's Corner. So, uh, as a non-Chicago native, can they're a sponsor, so can you tell me what is Kuma's Corner and how does their metal theme kind of work into the, the restaurant? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Kuma's is, they just, they have burgers named after metal bands. You know, they've, they've been doing it for a few years now. I remember before they did that, it was just kind of like just regular pub food, and then they kind of tested it out, and it just kind of went insane after that but yeah i mean it's amazing burgers for sure there's a reason why there's a two-hour line outside the door pretty much every day but yeah you know it's just like you walk in and it's it's just kind of funny you know it's just they're blasting death metal and serving up these burgers and there's like families there eating and (laughs) are there any burgers named after any of your projects uh yeah there was uh there was a minced burger I don't know if it's still on. They do, like, monthly specials, too, so they have, like, one that always rotates. They did a correction top. What, what was on those burgers? Do you I remember? Know, I don't remember. Uh. <laughs> no. I remember it was good. <laughs> their, their ingredients are, like, you know, they're always kind of strange. And, and, you know, not not what you normally see on a burger, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, I don't remember what it was on it. When they first opened, you know, I was like, oh, I got to get the Neurosis burger, which actually ended up being one of my favorites, kind of my my go-to, that one in the job, because they're both killer. Yeah, I don't get over there as much as I used to, just because of the wait for so long. Thank you. 
This week, you heard Sheep Slaughter and A Soothing Bomb. These songs, as well as Knuckle Crossing, are available from twofromtheye.bandcamp.com. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to the show through iTunes or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes to keep up with new episodes coming every Wednesday in July and August. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Acumen Nation. Join us next week as we talk to James Baker from Rorschach Test. This week's closing segment, dedicated to Jamie Duffy, who is the inspiration for the Cold Waves Festival, has Jim Marcus from Go Fight and Die Warsaw remembering Jamie's time as a sound engineer at Chicago Track Studio. Uh, we went through a period of time when, you know, when Jamie was younger and everything like that, when uh, I felt like one of the big problems I had with a lot of the musicians that were kind of tangentially attached to the scene is they would take advantage of some of their fame to take advantage of girls, you know. And I remember that um, I, there was an engineer who worked at the studio who uh, used to call me whenever there was someone who was at risk of being taken advantage of. And I would come over and occupy someone and we would just get her out. And, and it, was, it was great. It was like we could make sure people stayed a little safe. And I felt like as a musician it was my responsibility, right? And then Jamie came along and that other person left and I remember getting a call from him. And, you know, that no matter how much he respected these people and loved these people and thought that they were gods and everything like that, he would still call to make sure no one got hurt. You know, and I just thought that no one asked him. You know, he just saw what was going on and he just made a decision. And I I kind of felt like I wanted to be able to stand up at his funeral and say that, but, you know, you can't really use names and you can't really, you know, I'm not sure if that's really appropriate thing to say. But at the end of the day... um, Uh, I feel like I miss him as a gentleman.